1: Hold on those guys, I've never seen that in my life. Do it again, do it again. Ho, 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 Santa Claus is here, huddle up.
0: You gotta build the
1: foundation, man. That's what we're doing here. What is going on Raider Nation, Micah and Tyler here with the first ever of the Behind the Eyepatch podcast series coming to you. For the start of the 2018 season. Tyler, I don't know about you, but this has been in the works for a long time. We've talked about this, we've schemed, we've planned, and I'm pretty excited we finally get to do it. So welcome.
0: Yeah, thank you.
1: Yeah, for sure. This is just, this is one of those things, like I said, we've talked about for a long time, but life happens. You know, it's just, it's, it's one of those things that we're really excited to be able to finally get to do and be here and, and uh, finally get to collaborate because, like, like I said, with, with life, it's not always easy to be able to just sit down and talk sports. I don't get paid to do this, Tyler. So it's very difficult to make it a top priority, but we're here now. Tyler, go ahead and introduce yourself, man. What are what, what do you bring to the podcast, man? Uh, my name is Tyler.
0: I am actually a physical therapist, um, so I've been cheering on the Raiders for about, I don't know, 29 years. I remember having a Marcus Allen jersey that my parents bought me when I was about four or five years old. So uh, I've just been a lifelong Raiders fan. Now, uh, I guess a little bit, something different that I bring to the podcast is just kind of an insight into injuries and the healing processes. Um, And just, you know, just some different things that maybe not everybody has knowledge of it's it's just a little bit different slant on on the same old thing though
1: absolutely you know, it was funny because when we were talking earlier you know when as the season's gone on i refer to you a lot of times when guys get injured and i'm just like because i don't know you know i hear acl sprain tear all those kinds of things and i have no idea what the process is like so i often i mean a lot of times, the first thing I'm doing is shooting you a text, going, "What does this mean? What can we expect?" So I'm really excited for every week just to kind of get that, you know, that injury report from you, and uh, so we can give you know good insight and for the rest of the Raider Nation, you know, be able to understand what's going on and and what we can expect because that's a really tricky thing.
0: It is. It is. Injuries can, and they're still tricky even with knowledge. You never know what the extent is. Uh, I know in the past, Del Rio was very close-lipped with his injury report yeah. so you know somebody has a sprain that could be um, different um, grades on that so it is it's tricky even for just common folk it's tricky to know and and for me it's it's hard to know exactly what's going on but hopefully we can bring some insight into that and uh, yeah i'm i'm excited awesome. man i'm I'm way yeah. excited
1: well and that's we're going to get into that later cuz i've got a couple questions about Jordy Nelson, the receiver we acquired in the offseason. I'd just like a little of your insight on that later on the podcast. And uh, obviously, my name's Micah. Uh, I've written for a couple of different sports websites before. I've been able to, been able to actually get a few of my um, stories posted to Bleacher Report as well. In fact, I believe my final count was five before I um, before I left the game about a year ago. Just I started a new career, and now I'm back. I'm finally settled into to the daily grind here and able to come back and start doing, doing what I really love, man, which is talking Oakland Raider football. And you know Heck what? Yeah. Oakland Raider football, but also football just around the league. I mean, I can't tell you, dude. I, it's finally week one's here. We're recording this on Monday. Sunday we had the first slew of games week one, and we had just, I mean, some fantastic storylines. After this first Sunday, Tyler, give me three things from the first week. Now we obviously have two more games tonight, which includes the Raider game, which we're going to get to, but give me three things that really stood out to you after the first Sunday of 2018 season.
0: Oh man, three things. Well, number one, uh, new. I, I'm in New Mexico, and so I have a very limited amount of games that I get to view. I get to watch Broncos games, which sucks. Oh, and I terrible. get to watch Cowboy games, which I hate both of those teams with a passion. That's even worse. Beyond belief. And so yesterday I'm watching the Panthers and the Cowboys game, and I could not believe how horrid both of those offenses looked. I mean, honestly, really? it was bad. The Cowboys looked terrible. Uh I I mean the the Panthers defense was really good or Dallas has some stuff going on and they need to address (laughs) that. I'm not real sure. I did see my man Kellen Moore on the sidelines though, quarterback coach uh for the Broncos. Uh or not the Broncos, for the Cowboys. I'm sorry. Boise State Bronco. Former Boise State Bronco. And Yeah, uh, for those
1: of you who don't know, Tyler and I are both big boise state football fans i mean obviously both grown up here in idaho you know rooting for the broncos all the time so yeah that kellen moore connection for sure that's awesome to be able to see him on the sidelines
0: yes yes and i think uh the second thing that really stood out to me was i think Le'Veon bell may be a little bit in trouble i think his contract negotiation yeah. may not go so hot because uh his backup james connor had over 120 rushing and I think he had close to a hundred receiving, if not over a hundred receiving as well, which kind of makes me wonder: is is it Bell or is it the offensive line? I mean, I know it's a combination of both, but uh, yeah, I don't think that but, helps him at all.
1: No, no, and you know, against a Browns team too, that you know, for all the hype the Browns got in the off season. You know, it was still should have been a, you know, a beatable game. You know, it should have been a winnable game for Pittsburgh. And, you know, those they tied. But I think we can both agree that uh, the Browns won that game. If you're going to ask two people, you know, two uh, from each side, you know, our Steelers fans, are you happy with the tie? Absolutely not. Think Browns fans are happy with the tie? Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so that's definitely a big win for the Browns.
0: Uh, and then I guess the third thing... Uh crap i don't know man uh khalil mac is still a monster i mean the man is just a beast and uh i miss him and i've poured out a few drinks for him but uh <laughs> i'm kind of i'm kind of done with the mac talk i want to see what gruden has and and i guess we'll get in, uh, into that later but i mean mac is still a monster he's a mount yeah he is a he is a truly once in a generation player
1: Absolutely. You know, that was one thing I, I got to thinking last night, because obviously, I mean, major salt in the wound watching oh, Khalil yeah. Mack go out and dominate. Two things, though. His big plays came against Kaiser. Yep. His strip sack and his interception front turn for a touchdown. So you could argue that point that, well, if Rodgers isn't in there, you know, maybe that does or doesn't happen. But here's the thing, man. You know, Mack gave us, what, three really good good years, three, four good years and, and I love to see him dominate, but at the end of the day, I'm also glad the bears lost. So oh, it was almost, almost kind of a win-win. Cause it was like, you know what? Good for you, man. I'm glad to see you doing well, but it also makes me think, you know what? If that continues, you know, three years down the line, is he going to get tired of that? You know, is that going to be one of those things that, or was it truly for the money? You know, is it truly about the money for him? Because you know, in three years when, when that contracts up and the bears get that option is that going to be, and and let's pretend that, that Trubisky, you know, isn't the next great thing, you know, since sliced bread that everybody thinks in Chicago, if, if Trubisky isn't the answer there, is that going to be one of those things that, you know, they decide to go ahead and move on from, that'll be interesting to see.
0: My, my guess is, you know, those contracts right now, a lot of them are funny money, man. I mean, yeah, he got his, however much guaranteed, what was it? 90 million guaranteed, but, uh, yeah, I mean they're playing with funny money. It's there's there's that back end of the deal. My guess is in three years they either are going to have to pay Trubisky or they're going to have to look for somebody else to bring in, and yeah. that that puts him at thirty years old. You're down, you know. Unfortunately, in the NFL, that's everything breaks down at thirty. Um, yeah. And I mean I know Demarcus Ware did not break down at thirty. He was. Great, but I I don't think their bears are gonna be wanting to pay him twenty five, twenty-four and a half million dollars a year when he's thirty years old. And my guess is that probably that probably ends that contract.
1: Yeah, and that'll be interesting to see because there's a lot of speculation and I'm almost on that bandwagon that look, you know, end of the three years, if Mac if they decide to let Mac walk, you know, if in three years the Raiders are one of these dominant teams. Let's pretend they even just hit on one of these first round, extra first round picks that they've picked up, and in three years, Gruden's got this team humming in Vegas. You know, what, you know, obviously there are a lot of other factors that go into it, but we've heard, you know, the special relationship that Carr and Mac, you know, had together. I, I've got to imagine Carr would make a big push and make, do a big, pretty big sales job to the front office, saying, "We need to get this guy." Back in our Raider uniform, what do you think?
0: Oh yeah, I I would not, um, I would not disagree with what you just said.
1: And everybody who burned their Mac jersey would now have <laughs> to, would would just be you know that would be ridiculous. I think it's ridiculous anyway to well, burn jerseys.
0: I told you I have a Mac jersey right now in my closet with the tag still on it that I got for my birthday. So <laughs> I'll, I guess I'll keep that around. And we'll see what <laughs> happens. But yeah, I uh, I guess I'll be donning my I'll be donning my Woodson jersey this 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 evening.
1: You can't you can't go wrong with the Woodson jersey, that's for sure. No. So you, you know, really quickly, three things that stood out to me after Sunday's games: Holy mackerel, the Bucks, and, and you know it's week one, but they just went into the dome in Saints territory and dropped forty eight points. On the Saints now, this this is a Buccaneers team that most every quote unquote you know expert analyst had finishing in last place um, in their division, and they just went in and absolutely blew the Saints out of the water. And to me, that is one of those things that is just like uh, that shocked me. That was something that I was not prepared for. You know, I I kind of bought into. I mean, I heard we kind of heard it all off season that you know this team is going to struggle. You know, Jameis is out the first four games. But I tell you what, if I'm Jameis, I'm nervous right now because you know Fitzmagic goes and does that a time <laughs> or two <laughs> again before he gets back. I, what do you? You can't you can't start Jameis if if the Bucks are at the worst. If the Bucks are three and one, let's say. And I don't know what their schedule is for the next three games, but you can't put Jameis back in there. In my opinion, if if Fitzpatrick keeps playing the way he's playing.
0: No, Fitzpatrick looked like he had been rejuvenated. Uh, Fitzpatrick of Jets yesteryear. Yes. Or Bills yesteryear. Or even the Texans. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick (laughs) has been a decent quarterback. And we were talking yesterday. He keeps getting these shots. And I don't know. I don't know where he keeps coming up with all the magic. I just don't. But he does (laughs) so you know it must I told you yesterday he's out there playing chess while everybody's playing checkers with his contracts and everything that he gets yeah but yeah let me ask you a question though real quick who's running that Saints defense by the way
1: oh my goodness it's it's not Allen is it oh it is
0: it's Dennis Allen oh my gosh
1: Oh, and and if if you're any sort of a Raider fan, that name will ring a bell just about immediately for yes. you. Yes, <laughs> yes, it will, and it
0: should bring nightmares into your your ears and your mind.
1: Oh my word! And and if you're the Saints right now, I, I think it is Week One, but when you just got destroyed by the Buccaneers, you better have the panic button ready. You know, it better you better know at least you be- you better be able to locate it quickly because that that doesn't. That doesn't bode well because Drew Brees is getting old. I, I mean, I love the weapons. Kamara um, was fantastic in that game. But you're going to ask that team, you know, they're going to have to score. What did they end up scoring? I think okay. it was 40 points. They put they're put they going to have to do that. They're, I mean, the Saints are going to have to do that. And the Bucks aren't exactly known for their defense. No, but, and so they, they run offense. into a better team. It's, exactly. They're not
0: an offensive juggernaut by any means.
1: Well, and the biggest thing that they had going for him in that game was the ability of Fitz Magic to be able to move around. I mean, I think he scrambled for sixty plus yards, if I'm not mistaken, and a touchdown on the on, towards the end of that game when it was third and eleven, he ran for the first down to end it. I mean, something that a lot of people forget that he's capable of doing. But that was just that was one of the biggest things that stood out to me from week one. One of the things that you mentioned earlier was the Cowboys' slow start. I tell you what, another another panic button issue here. How how do you start getting nervous, the the Dak Prescott fans? Do you start getting nervous for how how he's playing now? This is this is you know year what three for him now, and last year you know he you could you can you could chalk it up to the sophomore slump, but we're in year three now. It shouldn't be happening. He's got Ezekiel Elliott. He's got that offensive line. What do you think? He doesn't have a wide receiver to help him out. I know that Des Bryant's
0: not Des Bryant of 3 years ago uh, or even, you know, 6 years ago, but he he's a good receiver. He's fairly reliable.
1: Absolutely.
0: Witten is gone, his safety blanket. Um so and Travis Frederick, their their center is gone. He's out with that uh, Guillain-Barré syndrome, which is gnarly stuff, and that's a that's probably a discussion for another time, but you know, I don't <laughs> see him coming back soon at all um mm. but that's you know that's part of the the issue i think is is he doesn't have that safety blanket anymore at as his tight end he's gone he's announcing games
1: yeah and, and you know what the other thing too is about the des bryant you know say what you will about work ethic or even how much of a factor he was he still took the top off of defenses you know defenses had to respect yeah he's they still had to respect his game when he was in there and, uh, usually was good for at least one or two big plays, you know, in a game. Uh, but you know, still that opened up a lot, uh, you know, a lot of options for the rest of the offense when he was on the field. So, you know, him not being out there now, I, I it could be, you know, uh, Dallas gets hyped every year and, but with good reason, the last few years, I mean, Elliot Prescott, you know, a lot to get excited about there An offensive line. That's consistently ranked in the top three. Yep. Often it's the top. Yep. Um, but I tell you what, that was a pretty lackluster showing. And again, I know it's week one, but that's another team right now that that, that didn't seem like they shook off the 2017 season very, you know, very much. Along with my last team, the Falcons. You mm. did you watch that game on Thursday night to open up up the season? Not a whole lot.
0: I watched a little bit of it. I knew that Tevin Coleman was on my fantasy team. Thank you, Tevin, <laughs> if you're listening, and uh, for those shout 10 out. Points. For those 10 points that you got me. But no, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I I saw highlights of it. And, uh, and you said that Matt Ryan just did not look very good.
1: You know, he had. It was the same thing. And this is. I kind of go back to the Cowboys of 2017. The Falcons can't. It didn't. At least in week one. We're not able to shake the 2017 season form. Which was getting into the red zone and struggling. The Falcons have two many weapons on offense to struggle in the red zone they were moving the ball just fine but they got into the red zone and it just stalled now big props that that Eagles defense is seems to be back I mean they brought their 2017 season form with them again it seemed like there were a lot of questions surrounding Nick Foles I know myself personally I thought the Falcons would go in and win pretty easily I kind of jumped on that Falcons hype train yep but me too I mean the 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 Eagles just were methodical surgical and just they just got it done and they handle business on both sides of the ball and until I think they're in good hands till Carson Wentz comes back but I tell you what if I'm the Falcons right now I'm a little worried because from at least from week one and again it's just week one but they had they that those 2017 season red zone woes have followed them in at least into week one so far so I'm well, a and they, worried about that.
0: But. like you said, they have way too many weapons. You've got Julio Jones in the red zone. You've got Calvin yep. Ridley. Calvin Ridley didn't get he didn't have catch a pass. I think he had 3 yep. targets in that game. Uh, okay. And you know, I that, they've got Coleman and they've got Devontae Freeman in the backfield and and they do. They Sanu have a, as well. Sanu was in there. But you know, they, they he's a swiss army knife you want to talk about versatile guys he exactly. can throw the ball uh but yeah. yeah i mean very surprising to me that they came out and did not look as good as i thought they were going to look um and and uh, yeah i just i thought they'd come out and yeah. tear them apart well, I,
1: I, when you looked at before the game i think just i mean it was like 95 percent across the board Falcons gonna win this game the Falcons a lot of people Falcons are a preseason favorite to go to the Super Bowl and again it's week one but boy that was not a good showing that was not a good showing and something's gonna need to change and change fast because there are too many weapons on offense in Atlanta for them to be struggling like that and that's that's all there is to it let's get on though to this 2018 Oakland Raiders team obviously we've had all this offseason drama Gruden coming in a lot of highs and lows with that. It's it's really interesting because for me personally, becoming a Raider fan when I did, I was super young when I got into football, or not not super young. I was a little bit older. I think I was like ten or twelve when I really started to kind of pick up and appreciate the game. So I really got in on the last of the Gruden era. So I didn't really live through that. You know, I didn't have those Gruden experiences that I hear everybody talking about. So for me, I'm really excited to get in on this and just kind of see see what this is all about you know see see what this ride's gonna be like and i'm excited i talk to people that are nervous and a little frustrated because they look at his complete body of work not just with the raiders but with the bucks too and are a little bit leery um but i think for the most part raider nation's pretty excited i mean uh, honestly i don't think you can get much worse than what we had last year and I, I guarantee, at least in my opinion, it's a definite upgrade. And it was the upgrade we needed in the offseason, was at that coaching position, especially at the play-calling position. And I think the Raiders have that, and that's one of the reasons I think this team's going to be a lot better than a lot, lot of people think. But before we get into that, what do you like about this 2018 Raiders squad? Give give me a couple things that you like about this, this team before we get into the first game tonight.
0: I think the first thing is maybe an addition by subtraction. I love Ken Norton Jr. I remember watching Ken Norton Jr. as a linebacker for the Cowboys uh, when he played for the 49ers. I loved his tenacity, but the man had no scheme on defense. And I think everyone that is there in Oakland now is going to benefit from Paul Gunther scheming something together. I think... That is one thing that I, I am hoping to see. Um, I was hoping to see Mac and Irvin, but uh, as, yep. we, as we both know, that's not going to be the case. And so, you know, now I'm kind of excited, looking forward to Maurice Hurst, Arden Key, see if Shalit Calhoun can uh, build off of that really good preseason that he had. Absolutely. Uh, and, and so I'm kind of looking at the defensive side of the ball. I'm kind of a, I'm not a, a guru by any means because i sit i'm a therapist i and i do a podcast about the raiders i'm not on the sidelines but i'm a firm (laughs) i'm a firm believer that defense is what gets you to championships and wins you championships um so
1: absolutely well i mean look at the teams last year you know i mean you know big defensive schemes you know you've got minnesota um, obviously it was the big one that off the top of my head that I think about. But it, it, it'll be interesting to see. Like you said, I think the biggest change for the Raiders this year, you know, obviously, was at the coaching position. But like I said, I think it's the one that was most needed. Um, and,
0: and I would also ar- – I mean, just the coaching staff in general, I would argue, needed needed some turnover. Downing last year was not, not a, a great addition. I think we uh, missed Musgrave. So you know you've got the offense and you've got the defense. Uh, I, I thought special teams was okay. Um, little side note there, uh, Mr. Seeley, who taught at my high school, his brother was the special teams coach. So um, no kidding. Out. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I, you know I I wasn't disappointed with special teams last year. I really liked Patterson. Um, I kind of wish we could have kept him around, but, uh, you know, play calling offensively, play calling defensively, scheming on both sides of the ball, and just uh, uh, holding people to a different level of responsibility on both sides of the ball, that needed to be addressed. And Gruden will do that. Gruden will hold you responsible for every mistake that you do and he will make sure that you know what to do to fix it.
1: Yep, absolutely. And that's that's one of those the big things like I said. And I think we're both in a in agreement on that. And that's one of the reasons I think that this year, you know, with the loss of Khalil Mack, it seems like it really just took the wind out of our sails, you know, out of the out a lot of a lot of, 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 of fans you know, we're excited about the season and the timing of this seems just terrible. I mean, and it was just one of those things that a lot of people, I mean, I'm looking across the board. A lot of people think this is a four to five win team now, you know, this season. I know you've got thoughts on that, that we'll get to later, but I think, I think what the, the biggest, what the doctor ordered was a new coaching staff in the off season. And I think that's going to help uh, make up for some of this as far as you know the Khalil Mack loss and some of those you know the key players that we were looking forward to seeing this year and, and like you mentioned I wanted to touch on that briefly as well I like this young defensive line and you know it's easy to say you know preseason is oftentimes just a big lie but looking at the body of work looking at what you know PJ Hall has done looking at what Hurst I mean, we didn't even see much of Arden Key yet, but we've seen the little bit that I've seen, his speed off the edge, um, his hand movements. I mean, it's something that, you know, we can project all day, but I like the projections. And until we're actually out on the field here, you know, in in five hours, until we actually see it, I'm pretty excited for it. You know, we do have a few anchors still in there. You know, we got Ellis in the middle. We still got, like you mentioned, Irving. Um, so we've still got some good veteran players in there. They're going to be able to hold that hold that line down. But I think I think we might be in for a surprise as far as that front, you know, in the trenches could be just even a little bit better than what a lot of people are thinking. And I think a lot of it's going to have to do with scheme. You know, we were we just we had no scheme last we year. We haven't had any was, scheme since was vanilla. Morton
0: was there. We haven't had a scheme. Yeah,
1: everything. Everything's super vanilla. It's not going to be that way anymore. And I think the Raiders are going to be able to compensate for some of these losses, like Khalil Mack and a bunch, you know, a a secondary that's just a, a completely overhauled secondary. Um, I think scheme is going to be able to mask some of that, uh, some of those growing pains and some of the, you know, the, the newness that we're going to have to maybe, maybe there'll be, you know, with everything there are some growing pains. You know, when you've got so many new players on a team, there there're going to be some issues. But I think we've got the coaching staff in place that's going to be able to minimize the uh, the growing pains yeah. as far as that goes. In my, opinion. I agree. Let me ask you. So so those are a couple things that we like about this 2018. Oakland Raiders squad, give me something or a couple things on your mind. Couple things that you don't like about this team going into this season. Any
0: concerns? Uh, I I think everybody. I, I would be amiss to say that you know we won't miss Khalil Mack. I think that's that's absolutely. I would be amiss to say and wrong to say we won't miss him because we will, we will miss him. Um, but you know I. I that secondary has been revamped and revamped and revamped and revamped ever since i've been a raiders fan uh and,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you know i feel like we're one injury away from just losing uh, the back end off of the off of that uh conley <laughs> uh melvin uh I really like Nick Nelson. That was one rookie that that we didn't mention that isn't along the the offensive or the defensive line, pardon me. But uh you know, I I feel like you got one guy goes down and we have Leon Hall, a 38-year-old cornerback who's starting, you know. That's that's not yeah. great depth. You always no. want a little bit more depth than that. Um but really I mean we haven't even played a game. Uh, we had, I think, 11 sacks in the preseason, and it's preseason. Yeah. But, you know, that's that shows that the scheme's coming through a little bit. I think we had like 20-something Absolutely. sacks all year last year. So, um, And I'm looking for offenses uh, to not uh, – maybe they maybe they underestimate the off the defensive line and maybe they don't you know Khalil's gone so maybe they don't really know who to focus on maybe Arden Key jumps off the page yeah. maybe, maybe Irvin jumps off the page we we don't know yet but
1: um I
0: feel yeah. like the secondary well
1: and and to remember too that Arden Key you know this was a guy who was a projected first round yes pick. he was this was a guy that was going to go high in the first round so you know, being able to get that value there, like I said, I know it's projections. I know it's, but the 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 homework had been done, and this guy had been deemed worthy of a high end draft pick. So that that is, there's a case to be made Absolutely. there. That you know, your excitement is warranted for a guy like Artie. Absolutely, and
0: I I think you know, PFF had Maurice Hurst as their number one overall player in the draft, and we got him in the fifth round and i think he's got a major yeah. chip on his shoulder and i think he's gonna i think he's gonna ball out and and i feel bad because pj hall had a great he had a great preseason too uh and i still you know i don't know that he gets the respect that he deserves um but you know we'll, we'll find out tonight um against that line and and i think our offense I'll switch gears here. I I'm a little worried about our offensive line as well. I think the two bookends, Absolutely. the two bookends scare me a little bit. Uh Miller time. I don't know if it's his time. Uh and, and
1: <laughs> we'll find and out.
0: Penn is switching from the left side to the right side plus he's coming off that Liz Frank injury. Uh you know and and, and it just takes a while. I mean, he just started running what three four weeks ago maybe so it's gonna take some time yeah I think you're right to get into game shape it's gonna take some time to get his feet uh you know switched over from the left side to the right side I think he can do it um I don't doubt him at all but I I do think that's those are that's on offense that's my biggest worry right now are the two bookends
1: yeah, you know, it's. I'm glad you mentioned that because I think it's something that with all the Khalil Mack stuff that's going on, with all the question marks in the secondary, that is one of the things to me, and we saw it a little bit, you know, in those last couple preseason games, is they had some plays where, you know, Miller had some solid plays, no doubt about it, but then there were some plays where it just looked flat ugly, and it was, and it was a real cause for concern for me, and I think for me that's my biggest concern going into the season. It's not... You know, oh, we don't have Khalil Mack. It's not well. We lost, you know, Martavis Bryant, which you know we were really hoping to be that juggernaut yeah. player on offense. It's not. It's not any of that. Honestly, it's the it's the tackle positions, like you said, at both ends of that line, that worries me because that's just one of those things that it affects the run game. Obviously, it it affects the pass game, and I mean that's if if you can't have guys that are going to be able to to fit into that. And like, and like we said, the timing of this, again, I feel like all of a sudden this has just been a last minute move and that's a lot of faith on the coaches parts. And I mean, that's why they're coaches and that's why you and I are sitting here talking about it, <laughs> but I'm really hoping this week after this game, it isn't something that we're talking about and that we're going, we're in trouble because that for me, like you is, is probably the the most glaring um, concern for this Oakland Raider team, in my opinion, going into the twenty eighteen season, yep. and I, well,
0: I would also, I would also, uh, our offensive line depth seems shot. I mean we we've got Miller, who's a, a rookie, he's starting. Then you you know the middle of the line, you've got Osimali and Hudson and Jackson. Love those three guys, and then on the other side is that revolving door at right tackle. And you've got Penn right there, you know, now. But then as far as depth goes, you know, we
1: release Sharp. Uh, Yep. We release... And a lot of people like Sharp. There were a lot... Myself included, I thought he was a solid backup. But obviously, again, for whatever scheme they've got going on there, he must not fit into those plans. And I just got to take that on faith. And
0: I thought Ian Silberman had a really good preseason as well. And he... He was yes. let go as well. So I, I don't you know, if somebody goes down on if Miller goes down, you switch Penn back onto the left, but then my question is is who goes to the right? If Penn goes down, I I'm not real sure, you know, who goes into that right that right side. So that offensive line's kinda like the secondary. You're one injury away from, you know, hurting, hurting bad. So um
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you what. So we've covered this. I like it. I like it. I, I, there, there are a lot of good things. Still a lot to look forward to. Again, the wind just kind of got taken out of the sails when le- Khalil Mack left. And understandable. I'm, I'm bummed he's gone. Obviously would love to have him in the building still. But that's in the past. We've got a game tonight to look forward to. But before the 2018 season gets underway, Tyler, give me two things. I want two things that you think. Give me two bold predictions for this Oakland Raider team in the 2018 season before we even start.
0: Oh, man. Um, I'm, I'm going to go. Be, it can
1: be as a team. Okay. It can be players. What do you got? What do you got for me?
0: I think Marshawn Lynch goes for over 1,100 yards on the ground.
1: Can I uh, 1,100 yards – throw give me a touchdown number as well cuz remember this was a guy we expected a lot of last year and i think again it was more scheme but he underperformed so 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 you got over plus 1100 yards i'm writing this down so either i can tell you, you so you can gloat at the end of the nice. season or or, uh, or or i can give you guff about <laughs> it later so 1100 yards give me a touchdown give me a touchdown prediction oh. as well
0: you know let's let's go uh let's go Lucky number 13. Let's say he's got 13 rushing
1: touchdowns. 13 rushing touchdowns. Wow. So he has a monster year, basically, is what That's you're saying. That's pretty much. For a, pretty much his last year. I think there's no question about that. You know, we've got some young guys in this stable that we're looking forward to, you know, coming up and contributing. I'm interested to see how much Doug Martin, you know, cuts into his care, his workload. Because, honestly, Doug Martin didn't look that great during the preseason. And we didn't see much of him. But I, you know, I think he'll be a good, you know, fill-in when Lynch needs a breather. But uh, I think I still think Lynch. For all you fantasy gurus out there, I know I took him, but I think Lynch is still going to be, you know, he's going to get the majority of that the workload there in Oakland. And I, um, I think
0: that goes back to to Gruden's philosophy is if he can, if he can get uh, Carr some play-action pass going, we know that yep. worked last year, and we saw the first play one of the first plays that they ran in the preseason was a play action pass to Amari Cooper for like 40 yards or something like that.
1: Yeah. So I mean yep. I, and that was that not beautiful? Oh, yeah. Did that not remind you of 2016 or Oh what? yeah.
0: I mean we were screaming for that all year last year for Downing to throw in some some movement, some shift in formation or something. But uh no, I think Marshawn has a big year. Uh, and, and I guess I'll put this in as, like, 1A. I think Jalen Rashard has a big year on the receiving end of the football.
1: I, I think you're right there. This is a guy that's not getting a You know, we're not talking about a lot. One of the big things on the offseason as well is obviously wasting that third-round pick, you yeah. know, on Martavis Bryant now. And, and watching that, you know, that was right on the heels of getting rid of Cleo Max. So it was really – I mean, that was a dark – weekend oh my gosh. for Oakland Raiders yes, fans and, but but one thing I always I, I I it really sticks out to me is you know what Martavis Bryant I felt like was that juggernaut piece that could have made the Oakland Raiders defense elite honestly but what or their but what we're not talking about I'm sorry their offense yes their offense elite but the thing that that still sticks out to me is we've got Jordy Nelson who I'm going to get to in a minute Amari Cooper we've got Marshawn Lynch you also have Cook, the tight end, who a lot of people it seems like have kind of forgotten about, and Jalen Richard. You know, in some of those early games in the preseason, we watched Jalen Rajard, You know, get out to the flats, and he he linebackers can't cover him. He's too fast. And that was one something else that we were screaming for last year as well. Get this guy out in space. Let him make plays. You know, in the open field. You know, some drag routes. Get him out into the flats. Get him get him get him the ball with some space and let him work because what did he do in 2016? He, when he got the, he and both, he and Washington both, when they got the ball in space, you know, it's a four yard pass that turns into a 12, 25, 30 yard gain kind of a deal. And, and, Again, it comes back to that scheme. I think Gruden and company, they're going to scheme for this. They're going to get these guys in positions to make plays like we saw in 2016. And Jalen Richard's another one of those players that I'm excited to see. And I'm glad you mentioned it because, again, he's kind of flying under the radar. We have all this talk about Bryant here, now Bryant gone, you know, Jordy Nelson, Marshawn Lynch, uh, Doug Martin coming into the building. But Jalen Burchard, I think, is poised, like you said, to have a have a big year. Do you have any other bold predictions for me? Uh, I'm going to – Because if you don't, I'm going to start in on I've mine. got
0: one more. I'm going to say that one we more. have – It's going to take less than 10 games to get an interception this year.
1: Less than t- <laughs> You know what? If you were to tell me that last year, I probably would have shut your mic off. But you know what? <laughs> I like that. Less than 10 games – to finally get an interception, you know, I think you're right. That's going to be one. Again, I think schematically we're going to see a big turnaround for the defense. Yeah, and I'm not talking top five defense or anything, but I think it's going to be, you know, vastly improved. I, what did we end last year? I believe it was 25th overall. Something like that. defense. It was bad. I mean, it was bad. And I think we're going to see an improvement. My two bold predictions for the 2018 season, and, and – I think this is pretty bold, but you tell me. My number one, I think old man Jordy Nelson leads all receivers in reception yards this year. And and the reason is, and, and I want you to kind of expand on this just a little bit, is because that injury. And can you tell us a little bit about that injury? You know, he came off of it last year in Green Bay, had a lackluster year. Oakland went out and picked him up. And this is one of the reasons I think he's going to be able to contribute this year. Can you give us a little background on that injury? Yeah,
0: so he had a uh, an ACL tear, um, which provides a lot of stability for your leg. So when you're running and cutting and things like that, that ACL keeps it keeps your knee from buckling and and uh, acting all floppy. Um, it typically takes a year for things like that to heal. Now in the NFL, in the NBA. Um, they get therapy all day, every day and rehab on those types of injuries. Right. People are right. expecting you back in about eight to nine months. The normal person though, in about a year, it just takes time for that graft, whether it's, uh, they can take it from a cadaver. They can take it from your hamstring. They can do a patella tendon graft, which is your kneecap, um, wow, there's, there's several different options, but it takes time for those, you know, those things to, to mesh and to gel and to get back. And I think, you know, I I don't know if he'll lead all receivers and receiving yards, but I can about guarantee he will have a better year this year than he did last year for the mere fact that that graft has now been there for a couple years. And, you know, I, I don't, doesn't sound like Derek Carr thinks he's lost a step at all, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's why you know, you when you were telling me this and we were hearing all these reports out of camp that you know, a lot, and and you know, you take it with a grain of salt because everybody loves all their players on their team, obviously. You know, nobody's gonna badmouth anybody normally, but you know, Gruden's gonna tell it how it is, and Gruden will tell you, you know, whether he likes somebody or. Not. I mean, we saw it with Martavis Bryant. I wanted to love Martavis Bryant. I wanted him to be. Oh, no, I loved him. Yeah, I, I I wanted him to be that X factor for the Raiders, but Gruden was blunt, and Gruden just said, you know, he's gonna he's gonna have to, you know, basically you know, fly right here if he wants to make this team and we see kind of seen what happened there. But that's another story. But that's why I think Jordy Nelson, that's my one of my bold predictions. Jordy Nelson's gonna come back strong. He's ready to rock and roll now after that tear. And I think schematically this is going to fit he's going to fit well into Oakland Raiders' offense and Carr is just gonna have a big year with Jordy Nelson out there. You know, split out wide. I think I just, I, I love this pick. I, I think it's going to be one of those things that by week six or seven, it's going to be one of those home run, you know, free agency pickups that we, that we're all excited about. My other one, and I'm not, I'm kind of bucking the trend here with a lot of Raider nation and just around the league. I think the Oakland Raiders snag one of the final wild card spots in the NFL. I've still, I, I, I still think they get about a nine and seven type season you can argue whether or not that is going to be enough to get a wild card spot. But honestly, with the way this division's looking, you know, we, we watched last last night, all day yesterday, you know, the Chiefs blow the Chargers out of the water. Speaking of which, what happened to that electric fence? You know, I heard all I season know, that, you know, Derwin James, the pickup, you know, that guy, the guy that they got in the first round, a lot of Raider fans thought that, that we should have picked him. And you could argue that point what? or not. But...
0: Uh, th- my my question to you on that is: Was Derwin James fast enough to stop Tyreek Kill yesterday? No. The answer is no. No. No, he was not.
1: So so, and honestly, I'll be one of the first ones to admit it. I didn't. Now, and it's again, it's only week one. I'm not a Patrick Mahomes fan. You know, a lot of Kansas City Chiefs fans believe that he's you know the second coming there in Kansas City. I haven't bought in on that hype train. I'm still a little. A little leery about that because from I didn't watch the game but reports were he's got a mean fastball but he's got no touch and who does that sound like to me that sounds like Colin Kaepernick and and we've seen mm. we've seen that saga we I mean besides everything else on that but we we I mean he struggled what Kaepernick struggled when he couldn't put touch on the ball and he was known for that laser known for having a rocket arm and that's gonna work for Mahomes with Tyree Hill streaking down the field, you know those deep outs, things like that. But if it comes down to a shootout and you're going to need to be able to put touch on the ball, going to be able to need to fit it into tight windows, I'm still, I, I still don't think Mahomes is going to be able to do that. But uh, to me, still, the bigger, the bigger, th- <laughs> out of that game, I could not believe that Kansas City dropped 38 points on what was touted to be one of the best defenses in the NFL. In the preseason, which again is why you do not believe anything you read, you know. During the off season, I I, I have it written down here. What else did we have in the off season? Falcons supposed to be animalistic. Again, it's only week one. Go in and lose. Uh, Andrew Luck. Again, I I don't understand. We, I'm not an. I've never caught on to the Andrew Luck hype. But they go and they lose. I mean, he had a solid game, but it wasn't anything. He also has
0: a solid Twitter game.
1: Yeah, he does have a t- solid Twitter game. Captain Drew Luck, is that who you're talking about? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he, I mean, he wins Twitter, that's for sure. The other thing, uh, 49ers. I mean, how, how, all season long we heard about, you know, Garoppolo and how <laughs> he's going to lead that team to the promised land. And they go out and just, I mean, real, and it is against Minnesota. They have a solid defense, but still garoppolo was supposed to overcome all that the 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 49ers supposed to have a a fantastic defense supposed to come out and take the league by storm did that happen yesterday no didn't happen so we have all these narratives during the offseason that just kind of keep getting blown up and and that's one of the reasons why i'm taking the oakland raiders to go and snag a wild card spot because that's the other big narrative this offseason so far it's been the Raiders gonna be one of the bottom teams, probably gonna be down there with Denver. They're gonna they're there. A four to five win team. I keep hearing this is a rebuilding year. This is a rebuilding year. And for me, Tyler, when everybody's telling me one thing and everybody's saying, Oh, this is how it's gonna be, I almost always just figure then, okay, I'm gonna bet on the opposite. And that's what I'm doing with the 2018 Raiders. I'm gonna bet on the opposite. I'm gonna bet this is a team that snags nine at least nine wins maybe 10 but i like 9 and 7 that's what my guts telling me this is a 9 and 7 type team and they're going to sneak into the wild cards maybe even the final week of the season that is my second bull prediction for the season for the Oakland Raiders so with all that being said we have a game tonight how do the Oakland Raiders beat the Now Los Angeles Rams. That sounds so weird, man. I mean, uh, it does sound. But but, okay, so how did the Oakland Raiders beat this Rams team? You got Gurley. You got, I mean, Cook, Cup, all these Woods, all these, all these, uh, weapons on offense. Obviously, a defense. A defense that's loaded with a lot of big names, but they haven't all played together. And that's one of those things we've seen that happen before in Philadelphia. A lot of big names on defense here. What what did they call that team? There's a dream team here. The dream team. Four or five years ago. How did that turn out? Didn't turn out well. And, And again, I'm playing the law averages. The Rams are another team in the offseason everybody's saying this is a Super Bowl team. This is a Super Bowl team. Rams they're, they're going to be, you know, they're going to be they're going to be right there in February and and this is their season. And again, that's one of the other reasons I'm picking against them. I'm going, you know what? I'm not sold and I'm not sold on their quarterback. I'm not sold on Goff yet. I think they scheme well to help Goff, which is uh, I mean, th- that's, that's no That's three quarters
0: of the battle though. It is.
1: It is, but I just I'm not sold on Goff. Um, leading this team. I think Gurley is the obviously the bigger part of this team. Um, but what do you think tonight? What, what does it take for the Raiders to, to pull out a, an improbable W tonight?
0: Yeah, they are four-and-a-half-point underdogs this evening. Um, man, I, I don't know. I don't know what it takes. O- obviously, it takes um, somebody's got to stop. Todd Gurley when it Absolutely. comes down to it uh I I don't maybe the guy maybe the guy is is Tyre Whitehead maybe he's Ooh. the man that comes in and uh puts puts Gurley in his tracks I know that Whitehead is is one of the better cover linebackers he's quick um maybe Derek Johnson breaks out of some rust and, and comes in and does some good coverage, but I'm going to drop Tyre Whitehead as somebody that I think needs to play well tonight to stop Gurley and the defensive line in general, just to clog holes. Jelly's got to have a big game. He's got to be a monster on the inside and take up multiple blocks so that people can get him, you know, Lee can come downhill and just stop him. that it, and they've got to stop him from getting to the edge too so i need somebody to set the edge as well but i would i think whitehead with gurley splitting out coming out of the backfield he's got he's got to have a really good coverage game tonight
1: absolutely so and i think we're kind of both along the same line I, my i think when you're playing the rams you got to you got to play to stop gurley make goff beat you. I think I think that's that's the name of the game. And another name I'd like to throw in there at linebacker, Markel Lee. I really like this guy. I loved this pickup out of Wake Forest here. Um, and I just this is one of those blue collar workers, this one of these guys that's gonna he he brings the hammer when you watch him during games, especially against the run, he reads the run really well, and he brings the hammer when he comes downfield. And I think he's going to be an Oakland Raider for a long time. I think he's one of these guys at the linebacker position that now in his second year, he's going to bring a lot more experience to the table. And I think he's going to be one of those guys that he's going to have to be a key factor tonight to be able to stop the Rams. And I think again, you're going to have to. We saw it in the preseason. We saw a lot of man on. You know, we saw man coverage. You know, in the secondary, I don't think you're going to have to depend on that again tonight. I think you're going to have to have some man coverage, maybe a little help with Cook, because Cook is that speedster that obviously Nelson's not going to cover him. If we know anything about uh, Reggie Nelson, he's not going to be the guy to cover anybody fast. So uh, I think you load the box, you stop Todd Gurley, and you make Jared Goff beat you with his arm. I think that's the key tonight for the Oakland Raiders to win. You
0: remember when Brandon Cooks torched Sean Smith last year?
1: i do oh you see now you're just being hurtful bringing things I up know. like that i'm sorry <laughs> oh my word so anyway i think it's stopping was the that run.
0: last year or was that two years ago
1: dude last year was so terrible i think that was last I, year I, because it was again remember last off season, the raiders who who was one of the teams picked to go to the super bowl favorites that was us oakland that raiders was us, and, us and, and,
0: and the us and the cowboys
1: yep Yep, and, and they neither were they one were, of them
0: were worth a crap.
1: Absolutely, exactly. And on the, the Oakland Raiders, it, it's it, we we saw, and that's again why I'm betting for the Raiders this year because I'm just saying everybody's saying we're going to be bad, everybody's saying the Rams are going to be fantastic. And I automatically, man, a little red flag goes up for me, and I go, wait a second, this doesn't seem right. So that's why I'm going with the Raiders this year. That's why I'm riding with, I mean, I ride with the Raiders every year. I mean, when you've been through a drought like this, I mean, you about weather anything. So, um, okay. So give me then score prediction for tonight. Do the Raiders get a win? Or do they not? I, I, you know, that's the great thing about this podcast because you know we're fans, but we're also students of the game, and you know we're not we're not afraid to be critical of this team. We're not afraid to say, you know, what I don't see a, a W coming out tonight. I don't see Raiders, you know, going here and, and picking a win. I'm not going to stand here and go, we're 16 and 0, baby. You know, Raider Nation for life. That's not how I do it, man. There's also you, you got to you know. be analytical about it, but I'm also a fan of the game. You know, so so give me your gut what what your fans telling you what your analytical mind's telling you give me your prediction for tonight's game
0: oh man this is not this is not how i wanted to start start this podcast off but
1: <laughs> you got to do it uh,
0: i know i've got i've got to be honest and i i don't i don't see him winning tonight i just That's don't fair. and and uh, you know i think i think the offense uh, if they are gonna win, Carr's gonna have to put up about 450, 450 to, you know, and and Cooper said, you know, we might have to score on every every possession, yeah. and and they may have to score on every single possession. I don't think it's a blowout. Uh, I, but I, you know, I would say something around like maybe oh
1: now before you 20. say this i'm gonna write this okay. down because we're going to compare. so so give me this is this is going to be etched in stone here at at my desk so so give me your prediction score and everything so you need I to think have thought about this yeah you need to think long and hard about, about this. it is what you need to do <laughs>
0: but uh i'm gonna go oh i'm gonna go 24 20 is what i'm gonna go it's a fairly close game um but uh, I think I think the student bests the teacher this evening.
1: Okay, okay. So twenty four twenty, Rams get the W. Now, do, is there any solace from that from being a close game? Because you know a lot of people are think it's going to be a blowout tonight. A, a lot of people don't think Oakland has a chance. If Oakland you know keeps it close, you know loses by one, two, three, some, you know four as you have them. Is there any solace in that, or is there you know, or, or do you're you going to have to watch and kind of just see how how they play, how they lose?
0: Nah, yeah. I think you know. I don't think there's ever solace in a in, in a loss. I <laughs> that's true. Am one of those people that I don't believe in losing. But uh well, all you do moral, is win or man. moral victories. Yeah, just win, baby. That's what we're about. But no, I the ultimate thing would be to trade Khalil Mack. He has a monster game in Chicago still loses, and we come out and we win tonight. That would be that would be the ultimate. Just my salty wounds would be healed over magically, and I think I would feel a lot better about life. Whether that happens or not, I don't know.
1: <laughs> I agree, because you know what? That was looking pretty rough last night, watching Khalil Mack go and just have an absolutely dominating performance, albeit against the second-string quarterback. But he did get some pressure on. Um, Rodgers as well. But at the end of the day, you know, Rodgers got the best of that matchup. Obviously um, that could be a long season for Mac over there. If he has to keep, uh, keep uh, bringing the uh, bail the offense out, but you know what? I, I've been mentioning it all podcasts and, and I'm, I've got to ride with the Raiders. And that's not just the fan in me because the fan in me, obviously says Oakland, but also the student of the game in me says, you know what? When everybody picks one way, might want to look the other way, and I think that's what's going to happen tonight. The Rams, you know, for all the big name players they have on their team, and all the you know the free agents. I mean, there were rumors that come out now that say you know the Rams they wanted to make a push for Mac as well. I don't know. How do they do that? Uh, you know what? Don't ask me. Do I look like a math wizard over here? I don't understand how they would have done that. You know, maybe I don't under- understand smoke. how
0: they have the roster they have right now.
1: I ex- well,
0: how do you throw Gurley? what you're throwing him throw cooks what you're throwing him throw sue what you're throwing him throwing money at peters and on the back end and you've got aaron donald as the second highest paid defensive player ever yep. in the game
1: yeah how
0: do you how does one work the cap that well
1: You know, I don't understand that either. And it's got to be had to do something with Goff still on his rookie deal. You know, he's not getting much money. But that's going to be one of those things. I think the Rams are built for now. You know, the Rams are just, you know, they're a win now. And, and, but it could be dark days. It's probably, well, we'll see. But it could be real dark days down the road if they don't win now. And then all that money starts coming up. And, and they got nothing to show for it.
0: I agree. And. And I don't know that they uh, have many draft picks either. I I don't I don't know if they've traded away a lot of their draft picks to get golf. Feels
1: like they sold their soul for the team they have now. I mean, doesn't it? And that's why I'm just going. Yeah. You know what? This is this is Dream Team 2.0. This is everybody looking at names, going, "Oh my goodness!" On paper, this is our Super Bowl champs. And I, I'm just going. You know what? I'm going to pick against it then because that's what everybody else is saying. I'm going The Raiders get the W tonight. We're going to see the 2016 Raiders offense come to life tonight. We're going to see that play action. We're going to see some run heavy. I mean, for heaven's sakes, we've, we have an offensive line for, I think, three years has been in the top five, if I'm not mistaken. And we didn't use them last year. You know, we got that taste in 2016. We've got an even better coaching staff now this year. We're going to have that run heavy. Marshawn Lynch is going to – Feast, and then that's going to open up those that that play-action pass, that Jordy Nelson deep bomb, that Cooper across the middle, that Jalen Rashard out of the backfield. It's going to open it up. I think the Raiders get. It's going to be close, but I'm going to go 31-27 win for the Oakland Raiders. It's going to be down to the wire. It's going to and and I think defensively, this is going to be a team. Again, like what we saw in 2016, they're gonna make just enough plays every game. D- don't uh, this defense? It- it's a work in progress. You can't expect three rookies to jump on that defensive line and just absolutely, you know, crush it this season. Now, if they, I wouldn't be surprised if they do. The speed that each one of those rookies possess—that's uh, what I'm most excited about. Those guys are fast, and those guys can move, and I love that. They can cover ground, and anytime you have big guys that can cover ground you know like like we've seen PJ Hall, Hurst, Key, all those guys can do, that's that can be that that can be scary. And if that starts coming together sooner than later, look out. But I I I still think this defense is going to be better than last year. I think they're going to make those one to two plays every game that that sack, that big sack, you know, late in the game that you know, interception, the the force fumble. They're going to make one or two plays every game that's just enough to el- give Carr one or two more opportunities to go downfield and put points on the board. Because in my opinion, this offense is still as good as it was in 2016. I know you're not a huge fan of losing Crabtree. Don't I, I? If I'm not mistaken, you're you, you're not uh, you're not sold on the Jordy Nelson hype yet. You you, you feel like we've downgraded a little bit from Crabtree to Nelson. Is that correct?
0: Well, no, yeah, a little bit. I I just know that, I guess maybe not downgrade. I I think Crabtree is more athletic, but I do know that Nelson has hands that are more sure. And I think yep. last year there was a case of the Dropsies. Crabs had them. Cooper had them. The Dread Pirate Roberts had them. And I pray this, that to me, that is like the, the weakest link of all weak links (laughs) is freaking Seth Roberts. I, (laughs) I am not sold on him at all. I think he should not be on the team. And I would even go as far as saying he probably isn't in the league if he's not on the Raiders. Wow. But Wow. I'm not sold on him, but I, I, I do like Nelson from the fact that the man catches the ball. Um, you know, Crabtree, they always said, had the best hands in the game. But how many times did we see him go across the middle? And whether it was footsteps or whatever it was, he just dropped easy freaking passes. At least you one could, or two a game.
1: Yep, you could count on it. One or two a game. And it's almost like if he got him out of the way early, it's like you were fine. You know, he had a couple drops in the first quarter. It's like, okay, he should be good for the rest of the game. But yeah, that was weird. He, had, he would just have these weird case of the stone hands and it was and it, you know it'd be one of those things that we'd be driving we'd be around you know the 50 or 40 yard line of the opposing team it'd be third and four comeback route which we saw a lot of last year and and you know he'd, he'd make the line to route. gain i think so that or uh, a flat um and and yeah it would hit him in the hands and he'd drop it and it was just it was a drive killer and like you said it you could count on it at least once or twice every game but that so that'll you know like I said that I, I still though think Jordy Nelson's route running abilities I love that and his ability to to go over the top of the defense like we saw so many times in Green Bay I think he's going to be able to bring that for at least one maybe even two more years to the Oakland Raiders for
0: sure I agree I agree so. and and one other I guess prediction I think with Gruden in charge When has Gruden ever had an elite quarterback? He he hasn't. He made Rich Gannon into an elite quarterback. Rich Gannon, many people don't remember, was just this journeyman, traveling dude who never did much in the NFL before he got to Oakland. He was a backup in Kansas City. Uh, Just, you know, and Gruden turned him into an MVP multiple Pro Bowl quarterback. And I can't even imagine what he's gonna do with Derek Carr. Derek Carr has all the tools. He can make the throws. He has power, but he also has touch. That he can drop a you know he yes. can drop a floating pass. He can fire in a bullet whenever you know it. It's scheming. And you mentioned it earlier with the Rams. A lot of theirs is schemed toward Goff. And I think we saw that last year when the Eagles went to the Super Bowl. Yep. A lot of the scheming with Nick Foles was schemed perfectly. And to me, coaching makes all the difference in the world. We had none of that last year. No changes at halftime. No scheming from one game to the other. We had that first game when Marshawn was dancing on the sidelines. It was like they stole the playbook from Musgrave for like 2 weeks and then everybody around the league was emailed that playbook and we had no <laughs> means of It felt like
1: that. Yes. We
0: had no means of changing anything and it was just frustrating as I'll get out like all year and the drops killed us and you know I hopefully that Nelson has come in. I know Cooper can run good routes. He's done it before. You watch him in videos breaking people down all the time so between Carr and Cooper and and Nelson I'm happy with that and Cook I'm just not happy with our slot receiver I wish we would have held on to Ryan Switzer um Switz was already taking punts for the Steelers yesterday and I was kind of like good grief we traded that guy and he's taking punts and he was playing in the slot too. So I guess the slot receivers one an, another weakness. I veered completely away from what we were talking about and I apologize. But yeah, I'm, I'm worried about that slot receiver spot as well.
1: And one of the reasons, again, I come back to this and I, one of the reasons I'm not as worried about the slot receiver position as you are. Is, again, I think it's scheme. I think Gruden with this scheme is going to be able, whoever's there, kind of like what we're seeing in New England right now. And I know Raider fans hate it when we bring up New England, but you can't deny the success that the Patriots have had. And I mean, look at what Belichick does with no names in New England. And I think that's what Gruden's counting on. Gruden's saying, I I have a superior scheme and we've got superior play calling. It doesn't matter who's going to be in that slot. Yeah, we've got our big players. We've got Nelson. We've got Cooper. Cook, I think, is going to be a phenomenal option. But even with a guy like Seth Roberts, who we were all... Shocked and amazed to see make the not only make the roster, but now going to be starting in that slot position, and we haven't even mentioned you know Hatcher yet. But I think whoever's there, the scheme's going to fit, and and Carr and the coaching staff's going to be able to make up for perhaps the lack of talent in that position just by the scheme and being able to get those guys open and and make and and basically you know provide the plays for them and say you know what maybe on talent alone you're not you couldn't be able to do it but because we're going to have a dominant ground game which I believe the Oakland Raiders will have in 2018 because of this dominant ground game and what that's going to open up for the passing game and we have this quarterback who I know a lot of people don't believe he's re- reached that elite status yet. I'm personally, again, there's there's no, you know, we don't fool around here. I don't believe Derek Carr's an elite quarterback yet. I think he's a very good quarterback. I do believe oh, Derek Carr has the potential to be an elite quarterback. And I think Gruden, if there's a coach that can get him to that potential, I think it's John Gruden. And he's going to be able to make up, you know, so back to that Seth Roberts, you know, he's... With Derek Carr throwing the ball and the scheme, I think it's going to turn Seth Roberts into that, you know, kind of that star slot person that we saw in 2016. And you know what, what was the joke? That's a Cotton. I, let's see if it works. I, and I just think, you know, I mean, what, what was the joke though in 2016? Every time Roberts caught a touchdown, the Raiders won. You know, and I think I and I just I got a feeling we're gonna that twenty sixteen offense is coming back to life now with Gruden and company at the helm. And I'm I'm really excited to see it, man. You know, I with with all the goings on and the Dark, dark days, I mean, right before the season started. I mean, that, that was a nightmare weekend that we had. I mean, with Martavis Bryant gone, Matt gone. And then all of a sudden, just this whole retooling. I mean, all these players that the Oakland Raiders lost. It, it, it was, that was tough. And right, I mean, we're it's the eve of the season, basically. And we're looking at all these new names and all these different players coming on and and getting let go and we're wondering why all these people are, are are being shown the door. I just think that it's still gonna be a good season because of what we have in the coaching staff and because there is still good talent in the um uh in that organization on both sides of the ball. Alright guys, Tyler, I think that about does it for us today. We're trying to keep it a little bit shorter so we don't uh you know, we're we're not plaguing your ears, but we really appreciate you checking out our first podcast. We're really excited about this 2018 season. Even amidst all the turmoil in the off season, it's still going to be a good year. I I got a good feeling. Thanks for hanging out with us guys as always on behind the eye patch podcast. You'll never get any political commentary cuz you know what, we figure if you're here to listen to sports, you're probably here to listen to sports. I know that's a crazy notion. But uh, uh, we figure you're probably not tuning in to listen to our take on the uh, political happenings of the day. So you have that promise from us: you will never get any kind of political commentary on the Behind the Eye Patch podcast, and it will always be family friendly. Because you know what? At the end of the day, Raider Nation is truly a nation, and it's not. And I've found that to be more true as I've gotten older. It is amazing the fans around the world, and not just you know adult fans, kids, children, everybody. I mean, it really is a family affair. And that, is, I think, to me, and maybe I'm just biased, but really, as a Raider fan, I feel like it's almost exclusive. Our fan base, as far as family goes, and and, and just really worldwide, it is truly unique, truly unique to the NFL. And it's really, it's, it's a cool thing to witness. It's a cool thing to be a part of as well, to be a part of this Raider family. And there's no other team, you know, that is a nation. I know Pittsburgh has tried to claim Pittsburgh Nation. You know, you'll see it pop up every once in a while. You know, other teams will be like, you know, Steelers Nation. I've also heard Chiefs Nation. It's like, no, you have a kingdom, and that's fine. But, you know, a kingdom is is an area. You know, we are the nation. We are the Raider Nation. So so don't, don't even try to jack that from us. So, guys, we appreciate you listening. Hope you subscribe. Please leave a review. We will have... Another pod. After this, tonight's game, which will hopefully be all happy and excitement. Just win, baby. Really, just looking forward to what the rest of the season holds. I'm nervous. I'm excited. I'm not even playing the game, man. And I'm all worried and and excited. And I'm I'm out. You know, I'm, I live what twelve hundred two thousand miles away from the stadium or something like that so whatever whatever but guys we appreciate you tuning in thank you so much for listening we'll catch you in the next episode